Hello and welcome to Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. I'm your host, Joshua Doby. Thank you so much. First show of the season. I mean, well, season if you define it by the end of the calendar year, but here we are in the uh, in the first part of January and looking at uh, all of those things, financial and economic here. Appreciate it so much taking the time to look at those kinds of things and, and take into consideration those kinds of things, which may be a part of your financial experience. <clears throat> In doing so, we're looking at all, all those things which are financial and economic, but we're wanting to make sure that nothing that we're talking about here is intended as a specific recommendation for you. Meaning that in doing so, everybody's space is unique and specific, and we want to make sure that you reach out to your financial advisor, your tax advisor, making sure that you get the recommendations which are most specific for you. If you'd like to reach out to us in North Main Financial Group, love to hear from you. Love to chat about your particular financial situation and talk about things which are specific to you online. You can find us at NorthMainFinancial.com. That's North like the direction, Main like the street, financial.com. We have a contact page on there. You can leave us your email address and your phone number. Let us know the most preferred and desirable ways for us to contact you again at NorthMainFinancial.com. All right, let's get into it. What's hot? You know, uh, here on, on Dollars and Cents, we're talking about all kinds of things which are specific to those kinds of things which are dotting your headlines, those kinds of things which may be pertinent to your particular financial situation or not. Maybe seeing those things on the headlines or those kinds of things which are dotting your news headlines or those kinds of things which are... Well, maybe just points of information or those kinds of things, which are items of interest or those, or, or those kinds of things, which may be specific to your space or perhaps folks that you know. All right, let's get into it. Talking about the things that we're seeing on the headlines here today, you know us here on North Main Financial. We're, we're, we're looking at uh, the, the, those, th those kinds of things. So we're talking about it. We may be looking at things which are food related. We like food. We like to eat here on WSIC. When we're looking at the, those kinds of things, which are uh, easy for us to, to, for lack of a better term, give us a, a breather. When we're looking at uh, with the, 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 those uh, the food related kinds of things, we're going to look at McDonald's. All right, let, let's take a look at it. McDonald's, not an observation in terms of whether you should buy or hold or sell McDonald's stock. But in looking at it here, I mean, McDonald's came out. You're not going to believe this. All right, hold on with me here. You're not going to believe this. But in looking at it, McDonald's came out with a Godzilla burger. Now, producer Bill, I mean, we're looking at Godzilla burgers here. What do you think of whenever you're looking at Godzilla burgers? Oh, I'm thinking, uh, let's see, Godzilla. I'm I mean, thinking it's amazing. It's delicious. Well, well, I mean, I mean, it God sounds, is it made out of Godzilla beef? <laughs> if, we're, if we're looking at Godzilla, we're thinking of something big. Right, so we're so we're looking at something Correct. big. We're we're looking at something that that may not be right. the usual kind of experience, right? Yes. Okay. So when we're looking at, it, and I have to I have to be explicit here, when we're we're talking about Godzilla burgers at McDonald's, this is not something which is currently being offered here in the U.S. Okay. So 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 it's something. It, it's it's 
Yeah, I mean, a lot of folks would say this. I mean, a lot of folks say, "Well, you know, things kind of come over from from the uh, from from the west, or excuse me, the east to the west." So when we're looking at this, is something that is only being offered right now in Japan. Right. All right. So so McDonald's worldwide, they have all kinds of reach. They have all kinds of possibilities. Godzilla Burger, again, not quite here in uh, in the U.S., but is is this massive kind of entity. So it's bigger than the Big Mac. Oh wow! Which which I don't know. Do you call it the bigger? I mean, if if we have Big Mac, right? So so if you have Zilla big, Mac, the the, the Zilla <laughs> Mac, or or something that is substantially larger than what we have uh, here in the That's U.S. It. Yeah. So so we have this being offered in, in Japan right now. There are three different versions. And again, this is not an offer to buy, sell, or hold McDonald's stock. We just like talk about food here uh, as we get kicked off here on WSIC on things that are what hot, uh, that are what that are what's hot. Uh, in looking at it, so it's not just uh, it's not just a beef option. So our our typical Big Mac, we have a beef uh, two two beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese. You know you know how the rhyme goes. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. But when we're looking at things here, uh, the, with the Godzilla burger, we have a beef option. We have a chicken option and we have a pork option. I know. I mean, take a look at it online. I'm not making this stuff up. I promise you. When we're looking at, uh, at what's happening, a beef option, chicken option, and a pork option. When we're coming to the Godzilla burger, the Godzilla sandwich. Now, I think now just knowing how uh, McDonald's runs things here through the last 28 odd years of me being in this business. They're looking at the kinds of things that will work well in certain places. And if they work well in those places, they will then expand them to other possibilities. So when, when, I'm, when I'm looking at that, I'm saying, well, I mean, I, I, of course, I, I, I may not in the, be in the majority here. Producer Bill. So I'm looking at it saying, I'll, I'll take one of all three. Yes. I mean, absolutely. I, I mean, at least let me try it let, let, well, multiple times. So at least let me try it multiple times <laughs> right. to make sure that. Right. That, we, we, we never look at one data point, right? I, I don't. You, you, I mean, you need. We need, collection. We, we need the scattergram, right? <laughs> we, need, we, need, we need the scattergram to make sure <laughs> right. that we know what uh, what exactly is happening there. But uh, but so it's not offered here in the U.S. And interestingly enough, part of the analysis which, which which was offered relative to this offering here in Japan, one of the reasons why it wasn't offered here initially in the U.S. is because there was, according to this uh, particular analyst, there was a belief that Wendy's. It really has the corner market on these monster size, no pun intended, monster size burgers. And, and, and specifically with, and I may have had one or two or more of these, Baconator. Baconator and, and Wendy's offered, are uh, Wendy's owned by Yum Brands. Uh, that, that there was a perception that there may be a little bit of a crowded market here in the US. So it was offered up first in Japan uh, to see if it would if it would catch some ground. And then based upon the success, which may or may not happen in that space, then to offer it here in the US uh, and, and, and run it up against the Baconator. Do what needs to be done, Japan. You know, I mean, get it over here. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like there's a responsibility <laughs> right. now, right? I mean, right. I mean there, there, there's a responsibility now by by our brothers and sisters in Japan to make sure that that does well, so that we can have that then here over here in the in, in the U.S. Absolutely, I can't wait for the movie to come out. Uh, what what would it be? Godzilla vs. Baconator? Uh, you know what? Yeah. I, I hope so, <laughs> because I you know not that not that I am against Godzilla. I didn't go see the, any of the iterations of the movie, right? But boy, would I go to see that, right? If if they're fighting the Baconator, I would absolutely go to. <laughs> 
you see that <laughs> yeah. little side note here relative to, uh, to to these sandwiches on the beef side of things. It's not just beef. It's actually a pancake or a potato pancake sandwich as well. I mean, so it's you get you, you get the whole thing. I mean, it's not it's not it's not just it's not just beef. You, know, you just don't get you know bacon, lettuce, and tomato. I mean, they're coming at you with the French fries or on the sandwiches. Pretty amazing stuff. All right. Well, friends, I appreciate so much you hanging with us here on Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. We're going to take a brief break here and come back soon here on WSIC News Talk Now. Hello and welcome back to Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. I'm your host, Joshua Doby. Thank you so much for hanging with us. Second quarter, first show of the year. This is exciting stuff. I mean, you got to be excited a little bit, right? I mean, even if you're not a, a New Year's or New Year's resolution kind of person, I'm not either. I, I'll admit that. I, I I have goals. I have ideas, right? Most of which become unfulfilled. But most of, most of I mean, to the start of the year, we all get a little bit excited on, on new kinds of things here. And so I appreciate so much you including this as part of your day here on Dollars and Cents, presented by North Main Financial. Now, we're in the second quarter, and second quarter means a football reference. And so long as we're in the football season... Producer Bill, we we will continuously talk about football, and and just a clue, and we will continuously talk about football during the off season as well. But it's certainly during the football season we will talk about football, especially at anything that relates even modestly to things that are financial and economic here on dollars and cents. So when we're talking about a producer Bill, I have to bring up I have to bring up our Panthers, right? Ah. Uh, now, nah, come on now. No, nah, don't 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 leave me now. Don't 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 leave me now cuz we've come this far. Right. We've we've come this far and uh, just the fact that we don't have a first round draft pick because draft we we uh, traded it away in order to get a quarterback that uh, hasn't produced this year. That mm. that sidebar. We 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 still we we will not relent uh in in, in terms of our fandom for That's the uh, no, for, I'm not going anywhere. No, we're not. No, we've come this far. Right, I'm not going anywhere. We're, and we're, if I'm here now, I mean, <laughs> I'll if, be here. If, if you've ridden the bus this far, you will right. not get off the bus right. at uh, at uh, at this point. Kind of interesting though with our owner. Very. I mean, I, and I don't want to give commentary right, right now, right or wrong, good. Or, no, I will give commentary. Are, are you kidding me? <laughs> right. Come on, yeah. come on. I mean, I know three hundred. Uh, I know three hundred thousand dollars in a fine is not a big deal for him, but holy smokes, if we're talking about finances, uh, yes, uh, yes, three hundred thousand dollars for throwing a drink on somebody—that's an expensive cocktail for sure. <laughs> I mean, holy smokes! Yeah, that—that's that, tough. Okay, that's tough. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope I hope that he gives everybody uh, ponchos this, this coming so. this coming Sunday, and I, I hope, hope we all so. just make a joke. I hope we're all throwing I drinks hope, in the air as we, uh, as we beat the Buccaneers <laughs> to close the season. That's how it's going to go. You know what? I, 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 that's where I am. I'm right doing there. Simone Biles mental gymnastics to try to turn this into a positive. I'll do it. I'm not Simone Biles <laughs> yeah. or anything close to her, but I will absolutely ride that bus <laughs> right. with you, and uh, and we'll hope for good things here on yeah. this uh, on this coming week. Here, and and and, and I want. I won't turn away a cocktail or a poncho or anything else that no. uh, that uh, that would come from that anyhow. But so. I'll, I'll, I will say this: it has yeah. covered up the fact that uh, we didn't score one single Hold, point in that game. No, I, I was trying. <laughs> I was trying to cover up that a little right, bit. Okay, sorry. so I, I was trying to move on very quickly yeah. from the fact that uh, oh, it's. Um, Mm. Yeah, we're we're down. We're 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 down. Oh, but we're not. We're we're, down. Da- we're we're down. We're down. 
we're coming back. We're, yeah, co we're coming it. back again. If you if you've ridden the bus this far, you're going to stay with us here on uh, on the Panthers train. Thank you so much for hanging with us here on Dollars and Cents. It's all financial. It's all economic. I mean, are you kidding me right now? Billions with a B. I mean, I mean, the owner uh, David Tepper just I mean five three hundred thousand dollars. I mean, maybe that's not a big deal to you. It's a big deal to me uh, when I'm looking at those kinds of numbers. So, uh, so I appreciate so much you hanging with us here. All right, staying on what's hot. We're looking at the kinds of things that are dotting your headlines and those kinds of things, which uh, which may be a part of your conversation, and and certainly those kinds of things, which uh, which may be a part of your planning process. We're getting into, into the new year, and that and that's that's good. I mean, it's it's an opportunity. It's the kind of thing which hits our uh, maybe our our our, our, our psyche or, or the kinds of things that that may be a part of our thought process. New year, want to make sure that everything is lined up in the ways that it should be. We'll talk about that a little bit longer or a little bit later rather in uh, in dollars and cents here and talking about the kinds of things that you want to keep in mind but let's 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 hit some headlines first certainly with regards to those things which are hot and uh, kind of an interesting sort of uh, poll that uh, that came across my radar screen here and and I say that because there's absolutely a financial impact regarding it and, and certainly when we're looking at the kinds of things which affect GDP those kinds of things which affect uh, GDP being gross domestic products, so those kinds of things which move our economy. You hear me talk about employment all the time. I do that intentionally. I, that that's not just an arbitrary data point. It's it's the kind of thing which I'm bringing out continuously because with with uh, regards to employment or with regards specifically derivative of that, looking at consumer spending, we're talking about things that that move our economy in substantial ways. If you don't know, and if you're a previous listener, dollars and you do know this, you're looking at uh, consumer spending or the consumer consumption experience as being two thirds to three quarters of our GDP. Meaning as the consumer spends, so do we move. And that's a very, very big deal. So I'm, I'm going to offer up this, this data point here. It came across as, as in, the forms of, in the form of a poll uh, relative to, uh, to my radar screen. And looking at the, the kinds of things, you know, especially with regards to the workforce and how folks are engaged in work or, or professional experiences now. And, and now we, we just looked at, it again, this in the past week, looking at how uh, folks desire for uh, a space which is, let's call it informal or non-traditional. And non-traditional, I would say, uh, so let's, let's define traditional first. Traditional being the kind of space where you go into an office space, you're in the office space, and I'm going to be very cliched here, from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., and, uh, and you head home after that. Now we're looking at spaces where the definition of what work is, and, and then specifically in this, in this iteration, talking about the professional and physical space of what work is, has been redefined. You can you can look at the the pandemic. You can look at any number of things. You can say we were maybe for practical purposes moving in that direction pre-pandemic. I would agree with you at some level, but the pandemic certainly put the foot on the gas relative to this kind of thought process. And it has to do with how folks desire to be engaged in their professional spaces in a physical presence. Meaning, do they desire to be in the office? Do they desire to not be in the office? So let me just offer up some data points here. 
You better write them down. I got a bunch of numbers here as, as we're going into it. All right. So the number of folks. So when I say number of folks, so we're talking about a, a data poll uh, with the folks at, at Owl Labs. I don't know Owl Labs. Uh, they they are an entity which is unknown to me. They, they say they took a poll of three thousand folks. I would tend to agree with them, at least in my experience. I don't know for sure, but I like to provide those disclaimers relative to the data points I'm going to offer up next. When we're looking at the, you know, how folks desire to be engaged from a professional standpoint, 40%, 40%, of the folks that they polled would be willing to take a pay cut if they could work one day or more at home. I think that's very interesting. I think when we're talking about professional engagement, it's certainly in the more traditional sense, that 40%, four out of 10 folks said that they would be willing to take a pay cut if, meaning a pay cut relative to, let's call it the standard wage or the standard compensation for their particular position, they would be willing to take some level of pay cut in order to be able to work at home for part of the time. Now, there wasn't a clear definition in terms of, does that mean one day? Does that mean two days? Does that mean three days? There wasn't a clear definition there. What I thought was most helpful and indicative in terms of this particular poll, and this is not, this is not the only data point. This is a, let's call it a collection of data points. It's not a large set, but it definitely is a set of, uh, of data points. And it certainly rings true relative to my experience in talking with other folks that there is a desire by a significant portion of the workforce to have some measure call it flexibility, call it um, hybrid workspace, where you can move between a more traditional workspace and a work from home or a home office uh, kind of space. Now, I think this is, uh, I think this is important. And I, I think it's important from the standpoint that when we're looking at what is most desirable by a workforce which is very, very tight right now. And you've heard me talk about this. When we're talking about the workforce right now uh, here in the U.S., we are dramatically below. And I, I don't use that word easily, but we are dramatically below what is considered to be full employment. Meaning full employment, let's call it an agreement by most academics, is somewhere around 5, 55 6% unemployment. Okay, and you may disagree with me on that. That's that's entirely okay. But generally speaking, when we're at five to five and a half to six percent unemployment, we are at quote full of uh, full employment, meaning that there are always going to be a certain number of folks who are looking for jobs. And generally speaking, those folks who are looking for jobs are finding jobs, and that ratio, that that beta, that differential is going to be in the five to six percent range. Right now, we're below four. So when we're looking at that kind of thing, and that we're looking at then the kind of folks who are not only engaged in current professions, current positions, but then looking at other options, and, and we're trying to define what that means relative to the workforce, that's very interesting. I would offer up, from a consideration standpoint, that means that employers are going to need to think a little bit differently, and maybe differently than they have in the past. And I'm not saying that no employers are doing that now. I believe that they are. Uh, certainly with regards to the employers with whom we have contact and, uh, and certainly that we're measuring. But when we're looking at that relative to what that means for the overall workforce, that's very interesting because that, that in my world will mean that employers, generally speaking, are going to need to adjust more to what, uh, to what employees desire. Tight workforce, desire for dirt, uh, certain uh, different kinds of conditions, that means employers are going to have to shift. Now, 
nothing in this world, you hear me say this all the time, nothing in this world is a straight line. It isn't. So, so we're not we're not moving from one point to another in, in in a straight line kind of fashion. Everything works in cycles. Everything works in in a wave like fashion. There are peaks and there are valleys, and there for the most part substantially amount of time in between those two. But when we're looking at that, and we're certainly looking at a tight workforce in between here and there, that means that there may be a pivot point, or there there has been, and maybe will continue to be pivot points relative to how employers look. At, at the workforce and how they attract specifically, how they attract new and perhaps even more skill-based employees. So we're going to be watching that closely. Well, friends, uh, I appreciate so much you hanging with us here on Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. Uh, we're going to be coming back here in the second half with some other ideas, some things you may want to consider and certainly market commentary here on WSIC News Talk Now. Hello and welcome back to Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. I'm your host, Joshua Doby. Thank you so much for hanging with us in the second half of, uh, of the literally the first iteration. I mean, it's it's a new year, right? I mean, it's 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 time to get excited. It's okay to get excited about this kind of. You can even get excited about things financial here in the uh, in the first half of uh, of the 2024 season. I had somebody tell me that uh, that it's going to take them about six months to uh, to be able to write 24 on uh, on anything they're writing. And my immediate response was because I'm maybe a little bit cynical. I said, How many things do you write anymore? I mean, seriously. I mean, if you said you were you were going to type it. Okay, I mean, I kind of get that, right, Producer Bill? I mean, I mean, typing in one thing, right? I mean, how many folks write things anymore? I mean, seriously. That's a very fair point. We were actually talking about that earlier on the Good Morning LKN show yeah. today. Yeah, which, by the way, if, if you haven't listened to it, yeah, no, <laughs> no, 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 that's, that, that's a great segment. If you haven't listened to Good Morning LKN, uh, we, got, we, we, got a, we got a co-host on there. I mean, seriously, we yes, do. Mamie Lee, Mamie yes, Mamie Lee. The new and improved Good Morning LKN. Oh, I yes. wouldn't say improved. Yeah. I wouldn't say improved. <laughs> I, I, I would just say new, yes. right? I, yeah. Not take anything away from Mamie. Right. But uh, but yeah, we got Mamie and Justin on yeah. uh, Good Morning LKN, 7 to 9, Monday to Friday. Absolutely turn in yep. and, uh, and, and see what they have to say about all things that are hyper-local uh, here in our Lake Norman region. Great stuff. I listen to it every morning. You should, too. As, uh, as we're looking at it. But again, looking at those kinds of things, which uh, we, when we're talking about all things, you know, financial and economic here on dollars and cents, you know, we're, we're looking at, well, what, what has the most meaningful impact? What, what are those kinds of things which, which should be on your radar screen? Is, is, is it something that is meaningful to you? It may not be. And if it's not, hang around. We're probably going to bump into something that's, uh, that's going to be meaningful to you. But in looking at what it means uh, from, from a financial and economic standpoint, you'd be hard-pressed to say, as, as we're coming into the first part of the, uh, of the year here, that it would be unimportant to take a look at where things are right now. And let me just put the, put things out there too. We're going to be talking markets here in the fourth quarter. You're going to have to hang around. Football reference. We're going to be hanging around uh, in in the fourth quarter here as we're talking about specifically what we saw in the markets at the end of last year, what we see here in the first quarter of this year. But you got to hang around for that. But when we're talking about from a planning standpoint, we're talking about the things like what to know. 
And, and this is a segment we have used here for uh, now for a couple of months. We're talking about what to know, those kinds of things which are important. I'm, I'm going to come back into this idea, and, and it has to do with asset allocation. And I've talked about this, uh, I talked about it a couple of weeks ago, I'm going to come back into it, because you're going to get your fourth quarter statements here in just a short while. Some of you already have, meaning some some uh, money managers, some trustees have already pushed those fourth quarter statements out there to you. And so you already know how you ended up the year. And I would just encourage you, I mean, yes, if, if you were in certain parts of the market, the numbers are bigger, you're feeling good, you had a little eggnog. I mean, I, I get all of that. There's nothing inherently wrong with that. But in taking a look at it, make sure, asset allocation idea, Make sure that you continue to be balanced in the ways which are best for you. And it's not true. I know. Going to prick the balloon here. That's all right. Hold on. Um, it's not true that just because something has done well in the past, that it's going to do well in the future. And we think in straight lines. I we do that. We do. 28 years of doing this. Literally 28 years. I know. I'm only 34 years old. Not 40 years. No. 28 years of doing this, and, and literally folks continuously think in straight lines with regards to the markets, and that's true in a positive and a negative direction. Meaning that is, things are doing well in a positive direction. Folks think in straight lines, generally speaking, those folks who are in, in the investing public think in straight lines. If it's going well, it's going to continue to do well. Folks, it doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. And, and I'm not saying that we're due for a crash or I'm not, this is, doesn't have anything, anything to do political or other. This just has to do with the cyclical nature of markets. Now, of course, the, the, the immediate question is, when is it going to happen? I don't know. Just like I didn't know last year, literally, if you, if you take a look at it from a calendar standpoint, last year, when things were miserable from an index uh, aspect, meaning as, as we measure our markets by our indices, that, that we were coming into the, out of 2022 into 2023, and folks are like, God, this is terrible. Uh, when, when is it going to change? I don't know. But I do know that a whole bunch of things are cheap right now. So you may want to consider those kinds of options. Same thing on the other end. Now, again, I'm not saying that it's going to that's going to fall off dramatically, but I want to make sure that it's on your radar screen because it's very easy. Again, as we think in straight lines when it comes to market performance, I want to make sure that you're not just casually pushing it off and saying, well, things are going great, so I'm going to let it ride or they, these are very good investments and they're going to continue to go up. Yep, you may be correct or you might not be. And that's where it's most important for you to give the consideration here. Because when you look at it over time, not just over months, not even over the course of a year over year, but when you're looking at it over time, what makes the most sense over time, I know, hold on here, this is going to be really weird. You want to sell a little bit at the high and buy a little bit at the low. I know. You say, well, of course I've heard that before, but nobody does it on a relative basis. The market never does that. It never does it. You know what they do at the high? They buy more. It's, it's, it's a crazy kind of experience. Let me give you an anecdotal point here. Uh, Fidelity Magellan Fund, huge fund. I mean, hundreds of billions of dollars in the fund. Uh, it really took off in the late 1980s and then the, the early 1990s and the mid-1990s. I'm showing my age. I know that. But, uh, but there was a, a manager there, a, a, the lead manager there at that time, at that time uh, a gentleman by the name of Peter Lynch. And, uh, and he had 
I'll call it miraculous. I mean, I, I don't know how else to describe it. Right place, right time. You can you can put in all kinds of uh, phrases there in order to describe his experience as a money manager of the Fidelity Magellan Fund. His experience, meaning as as the lead manager on the fund, he wasn't the only one, but as a lead manager on the fund, was north of twenty percent per year. Per year, it w- it was incredible. I mean. It, Yes, you can say right place, right time. You can do you can do all kinds of things in terms of of justifying why it, it happened. While he was the lead manager on the fund, he, it was north of twenty percent per year. What's very very interesting to me though is not that his experience as a manager was north of twenty percent per year, but what was the average shareholder's experience during that exact same time? You know where I'm going with this. The, the the shareholder experience during that exact same time, producer Bill, you want to guess? So so the, so the manager experience, right? He, he he's the chief, so he's doing north of twenty percent a year over more than a decade. It, it was it was an amazing. It's fascinating. Uh, it, I mean, it just I mean, just just otherworldly. It's right. it, it, it's not it's not the kind of thing that is in any way predictable or normal. So that was the manager experience. What do you think the average shareholder experience was during that time? I'm gonna guess it was probably. The opposite? Well, it it, it absolutely was. Right. So it was nowhere close right. to that to that twenty percent experience. Actually, the average shareholder experience during the exact same time that Peter Lynch had that um, amazing run of north of twenty percent a year, four percent mm. per year. And the reason for that is 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 exactly what we're describing about where the market is right now, because the the overwhelming majority of assets into the fund. Mm-hmm came after they had a spectacular year. Correct. So they came in, I mean, uh, and, and, and you know, I'm not, I'm not going to cite any data sources here because I don't want to indict anybody. There are several very popular data sources out there who ascribe stars and who ascribe uh, other gold, uh, gold, silver, bronze, right. of, of saying what funds or, or what holdings are, are the ones that you want to keep in mind. And, and they all do it looking backwards. And that's what happened. So, so when you look at something, it's a five-star, it's a gold-rated fund, and, and I get it. I mean, who wouldn't want to own a five-star fund or a gold-rated fund, right? I mean, we want to own the good ones. We want to own the ones that have, that have done the best. Unfortunately, they're all looking backwards. So when you look at the Fidelity Magellan Fund, and there's nothing wrong with the Fidelity Magellan Fund. If you own it, there's nothing wrong with that fund. It has been a very good fund over, over a very long period of time. This is not a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold the Fidelity Magellan Fund relative to your particular financial space. But when you look at it, the overwhelming uh, amount of new assets into the fund came after they had a spectacular year. So even though the uh, the, uh, manager, Peter Lynch, had an amazing run of over uh, 20% per year on average, that wasn't the average shareholder experience because the average shareholder experience was one that came in at the high. And that's very, very important to keep in mind. That's why I'm offering that up to you right now. As you're looking at your fourth quarter statements, you're probably starting to get them right now. You want to make sure. I mean, it's this, you know, what to know. It's asset allocation. You want to make sure that you're looking at where things are right now. Don't just hold on to something because it's done well in the past. It may be a reason. It may be a reason to hold on to it. I'm not suggesting that you sell it unnaturally, but I am suggesting strongly that you take a look at it and make sure that that's something that you want to hold in the same kind of asset allocation uh, range as where you are right now. Meaning it's not bad to sell at a high or a piece of it at a high. 
That's, I'm not saying that's what you should do, but that is something to consider in this kind of space. And folks, I know that practically nobody does that because they're saying, well, if it's done well, let's keep going with it. And I know the business news channels and the so-called experts are all looking at it and saying, well, this, this is where we should go. Mm, maybe. It might be. But, uh, but it also is true that things go, surprise, in the other direction as well. So, uh, so make sure you're taking a look at your asset allocation. Friends, I appreciate so much you hanging with us here on Dollars and Cents, presented by North Main Financial. We're going to take a few seconds to hear from our sponsors here on WSIC News Talk Now. Hello and welcome back to Dollars and Cents, presented by North Main Financial. I'm your host, Joshua Doby. Thank you so much for hanging with us into the fourth quarter. It's football season. I mean, we're, we're still in the bowl season. I mean, I, I think we can still call it the bowl season until we get to the national championship, right, Producer Bill? So, which is uh, which is coming up this Monday, in case you didn't. Uh, duh. And I'm not advocating for Washington or Michigan, although I think it's going to be a pretty good game. That's my personal opinion. I don't have a dog in the fight, so don't don't be calling into the studio and telling me that you don't like either team. I, I, I get it. I, I've, heard, I've heard plenty of of, uh, impassioned uh, pitches for, uh, and I say, p- with a, with pitches p uh, <laughs> that, uh, that 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 have been talked about about who shouldn't or should not be uh, in, uh, in in the in the playoff or or, or in, in, in the national championship. But here we are. Yeah, the semifinals were exciting. So they I, were. I, I hope the championship is just the same, and I think it will be. I think it will be as well. Right. I mean, I mean, those were two very good games. Fun I mean, I mean, again, I'm not, I don't have a dog in the fight on on any of the four teams that uh, that that were in it. I think they were very good. And uh, and they were certainly exciting to watch as 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 a college football fan uh, to uh, to that kind of thing. I enjoyed so it. I, I did it as well. So I'm looking forward to Monday, right? And, Me too. And and, I'm, and I, I don't have money on Washington or Michigan. I don't want to hear that from anybody either. <laughs> uh, that I don't. I, I I don't. I'm a financial advisor. You kidding me? I'm not. I'm not going to put money on one team or another. I'm going to put money on both teams. Uh, to, uh, to be able to cover the bet. All right, let's keep going here. Fourth quarter, appreciate so much hanging with us here on Dollars and Cents. If you want to call into the studio, always welcome to do that. 844-STUDIO-4. That's 844-788-3464. Uh, 844-788-3464 here in the studio. If there's a particular subject you'd like for us to touch on, always happy to do that. I may not get to it in this particular segment, but, uh, but hold on. I'm going to get to it, I promise you. If you call in and there's something in particular you would like for us to touch on. All right, I know we got to talk on markets, and and I'm not saying that in a begrudging kind of way. I spend literally all day, every day, uh, just chewing into, observing, trying to understand uh, what's happening in the marketplace. Kind of interesting, right? I mean, it's always interesting. It is. I mean, I, I do. I love this stuff. I get impassioned about this. Stuff. Get impassioned? No, I stay impassioned about this kind of stuff. End of the year, very interesting uh, wrap up. It felt a lot like 2021. I don't know if you were invested in the markets in 2021, but if you are uh, looking at the market indices, uh, 2021 it ended up very, very strong, very strong in the markets. It was, it was, it was kind of like a sprint to the finish sort of thing in terms of where the indexes lined up at the end of 2021, and then 2022. Phew, it was uh, it was it was a breather and some, uh, depending upon where you were invested, at least in, insofar as measured by the most popular stock indexes. 
Not saying that's going to happen here in 2024, but 2023, very impressive. Double digits across the board as measured by our most popular stock indexes. You're looking at the Dow Jones Industrial Average. You're looking at the S&P 500 Index. You're looking at the NASDAQ Composite. You're looking at the Russell 2000. I, I can keep going here. There were no number of, uh, of the most popular stock indices, which had wonderful years. I mean, double digits in my world is a wonderful year. You may have a different metric. That's okay. But in my world, double digits, amazing year. When it comes, meaning double digits in a positive direction, is an amazing year. When we're looking at that now relative to 2024, what do we expect? Well, I mean, there are folks as of the time of this live broadcast or as of the time of this recording, if you happen to be listening to it. I mean, the first couple of days of the year, not so enthusiastic, right? I mean, it just it hasn't been insofar as the most popular stock indices are concerned. Maybe say, oh, okay, is this going to be like 2022? Well, folks, I, don't, I hope I don't need to tell you, but if you've been tracking the markets at all relative to the last several decades or so, like me, then you, you will notice that there are very rarely uh, repetitious kinds of experiences. Now, that's not to say that there aren't ups and downs, but very rarely is it the same kind of experience. So when we're looking at where things are, to say, well, it's going to be like 2022 again, it's a little early. We've got, what, three solid days in 2024, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm just not bright enough to be able to, uh, to to ascribe that kind of metric to it. But when we're looking at where things are, and and certainly with regards to where things were last year, it is healthy. You heard me say this at the end of the last segment. It is healthy to remember that things move in cycles, meaning that just because it was this way last year doesn't mean it's going to be this way this year. And that's, that's why it's so important. And I wouldn't spend the kind of time that I do on it if it wasn't just the kind of thing that, that is repeated constantly. And it really is. When you look at where things are from, from a market standpoint, you would say, okay, well, things went really far up last year. So they're maybe not going to be as rosy this year. Yes, I would agree with you. Except that when you look at where the dollars move, it's amazing. It, it, it truly is because the cycle repeats itself almost in an eerie kind of fashion. Now, there are those on, on the other side who can say, well, wait a minute, look at all these dollars that are sitting right now in savings and money market accounts. Can't disagree with you. Can't disagree with you at all. The, the, the number of dollars in savings and money market accounts right now is very nearly at an historical high. My argument on a counter to that is, well, we have more dollars in circulation now than we've ever had in our history as a country. So the fact that there are more dollars necessarily in those kinds of spaces doesn't mean necessarily that folks are more in the markets or less in the markets than they have been in the past. It's just a function of the fact that we have more dollars in circulation. So uh, so that that's a singular data point. That that's just a singular data point in terms of understanding where folks are. Doesn't mean folks are getting more conservative necessarily because I could also say on the other side, which is also true, that there are more dollars in the stock market now than there have ever been at any time in our history. So so when we're looking at that, we're looking at the balances on things. That's why I'm bringing up these items saying just be aware just be aware that this is where the stock indices have been, especially if you're invested in something like an S&P 500 index fund or Dow Jones Industrial Average Index Fund, or even more so a NASDAQ Composite Index Fund or something that is a derivative of that or something close to that. You want to make sure that that stays on your radar screen because maybe you need to reallocate, last segment, you need to reallocate in terms of your balances inside of there. So let's talk markets.
All right, we talked about where we were, a rosy end of the year. I don't think anybody would disagree with that insofar as the most popular stock indexes are concerned. But what do we expect now for the first quarter of this year? Or the second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, right? Everybody wants to know. Everybody wants the proverbial crystal ball. And uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll prick the balloon. I'm not your guy. I'm not. I'll, I'll give you my best thoughts, but I, I, I don't know. By the way, nobody knows. No matter who, who, where you're buying your newsletter or anything else, it's not out there. All right. What we do is we take our very best in understanding history and then try to make the best decisions that we can going forward. So when we're looking forward here, what do we expect for 2024? We've got some headwinds. All right. So let's talk tactical first. You heard me talk about last year. From a technical standpoint, relatively speaking, when we look at last year in terms of the rosy experience that it was for our most popular stock indices, generally speaking, that doesn't repeat itself. That doesn't mean it won't repeat itself this year. It absolutely could. I'll be the first to raise my hand that I didn't think 2023 from an index standpoint was going to be as rosy as it turned out to be. Definitely didn't. And it's not because I was thinking on a straight line from the negative experience of 2022. I just looked at it and said, mm, there are not a whole lot of positive things here. I'm going to raise my hand first and say, let's be very muted in our expectations. So I'll raise my hand first on, on that kind of thing. However, it turned out to be pretty spectacular from an index standpoint. Now, if you weren't invested in the kinds of things inside of that index, which did very, very well, your experience may have been very, very different. Looking at things like, Oil and energy stocks, financials, utility stocks, miserable year. It really was. You look at it across the board. I mean, it, it was a miserable year last year. So you may be saying, well, I don't know what you're describing here because it, my, my experience was awful. That may very well have been the case. It was a relatively small portion of the market, which did very, very well. And that overshadowed, and in some cases, mathematically just completely consumed the entire index in terms of measuring how the market did. And that's very important to keep in mind. You're looking at the Dow, you're looking at the S&P 500, you're looking at the NASDAQ composite. Make sure you understand how those indexes did as well as they did during that time. It's not because everything, quotes, now air quotes, uh, did well. It's because a certain number of things which influenced those indexes in the, in the largest ways did very well. And that's what we saw last year. So it's very, very important to keep in mind when we're talking about markets, we're talking about where things are. It's not that, quote, everything did well. It's that those things which have the largest impact over those indices did well. Let me just talk about it real quickly. Dow Jones Industrial Average, price weighted. Meaning if you are a more expensive stock per share, you are going to influence the Dow Jones Industrial Average in greater ways than those things which are less in terms of dollars per share. It's an antiquated kind of uh, metric. It's still the one that's being used. You need to know it. S&P 500 index, market cap weighted. What does that mean? Largest companies have the largest impact over how the S&P 500 index moves. Just uh, FYI, top 11 companies inside of the S&P 500 index, 85% of the movement last year. Top 11 companies, 85% of the movement during last year, which means the other 489 companies had the balance of the movement in terms of the 15%. So that's very, very important to keep in mind. You want to make sure you're doing apples to apples kind of comparison. Some folks say, well, how did I do compared to the markets? Well, I don't know if you're going to want this answer, but, but here's, how, here's how it worked. 
And you want to make sure that's why we come to rebalancing, why it's so important, especially this time of the year, to make sure that you're rebalancing appropriately or at least considering rebalancing appropriately. It's not true that just because things have done well that they will continue to do well. And I'm not being negative on the markets. I'm not being negative on the indexes. It's just the kind of thing I want to keep on your radar screen. Keep it on there. Make sure that as you're looking at your portfolio, those fourth quarter statements are coming in that you make sure you're making the decisions the right ways. Friends, I, I appreciate so much you hanging with us here on, on Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. Uh, we're going to be coming back here next week on the 4 o'clock hour. And until that next time, listen to us here on WSIC News Talk Now. The new 105.9, 100.7 WSIC, Statesville, W290DK, Mooresville, Lake Norman, North Charlotte.